Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, Fightful.com. Here with a name you know, and if you don't know, you're going to know it really soon. EJ Nduka. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I appreciate you you taking the time to talk to me. I know it's been a wild week for you. Um, got the WWE release last week. Unexpected by a lot of people within the company. I, yeah. Right off the bat, I want to know how you're feeling right now. Um, I still feel kind of blindsided, but at the same time, I feel, you know, full of faith and, uh, just, I know the future has a lot, the future is very promising. So that's kind of where I am. I'm still kind of like processing things, you know, it's still kind of fresh, but like I said, it's, I actually feel blindsided is actually an understatement, really. (laughs) Just, uh, how everything happened is just kind of out of nowhere. Like a lot of people have said. So, yeah, that was in speaking with people at the Performance Center. There were a lot of surprised people because of, quite frankly, your upside. There were a lot of people that spoke highly of your athletic ability, your look, things of that nature. How had you felt like things were going at the Performance Center before you got that news? Um, first of all, the Performance Center is filled with elite, high-level athletes. You know, you walk in there, you've got people like uh, Reggie, you know, you've got people, you've got a big uh, odyssey, like 330 pound man that moves like a cat. You got some elite level athletes in there, excellent coaches that are constantly, you know, giving you feedback. And I use those opportunities every time I talk to a coach, whether it be, you know, Norman, Scotty, you know, Terry Taylor, I was getting positive feedback. So it was kind of like, it, it wasn't making a lot of sense when I walked into that room to get released because, 
it was constant positive feedback. It was constant, you know, you're going to make a lot of money in this business. As a matter of fact, that Friday before I got released, um, I had training. And after training, I go straight to weights. And then after weights, depending on um, how the day is, sometimes I go and watch uh, some of the other classes. So I sat and I sat in the CWC and I watched Terry Taylor's class and I was just watching, just learning. And they had got a little break and uh, Terry came down and he walked up to me and said, that's a judge. I said, what's up, coach? He said, man, heard a lot of good things about you, man. And I've seen a lot of good things. He said, you're going to make a lot of money in this business. I kind of nodded, just went back and, you know, don't really, you know, you don't take those things and kind of get big or anything. You just like, like I said, I just keep my nose down and I keep grinding and I just continue to watch practice and uh four days later i get released and you you are continuing this pro wrestling pursuit you've you've made that clear like this is not a situation where wdb is like well maybe not right now and then you just go away you are you're open right. for bookings you're, you're gonna move forward yes. with this yes yes absolutely so i fell in love with this business in the last 20 months um this business is uh is unique it's amazing and it's captivating. And uh, it's something that I really grown to fall in love with. Uh, I loved going to practice. I love going to weights. I love watching film, skull, all that stuff, because there's just so much detail. There's so much to it that I was telling my buddy the other day, I said, man, if I had to go to war, if I was in the foxhole, I'm bringing a wrestler with me. <laughs> because wrestlers are, like I said, one of the most phenomenal athletes in the world. And you have to be mentally sharp, mentally cognitive, and you got to be safe. What better athlete? Who do you think helped you the most at the Hold performance on. center? Obviously, I'm there. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Who do you think helped you, you the most at the performance center? I feel like there there are so many wise names that had been around for for so long, and like even when I see documentaries and I see them in the skull sessions, I'm like, man, that looks really mm -hmm. cool. You're getting direct feedback on what just happened the day before from some of the best talent that ever existed? So, I mean, from, from coaches, I would definitely say Norman Smiley, uh, Scott Garland, uh, Coach Brookside, Carino, uh, Scott Armstrong, uh, Bloom. Bloom just drops nugget after nugget. Um, and some of the times you got to sort it out for yourself because it's kind of vague sometimes. But, you know, as you grow with the business, you're like, oh, I know what he meant when he said that. Or, OK, this makes sense now. You know what I'm saying? Um, before COVID, we used to have the legends come down. I mean, Taker came, Cena came, Mark Henry would come, Edge came. I mean, we would just get all this wealth of knowledge, all these people in the industry that are where we want to be. And they would come and talk to us and just pour into us. And it was just phenomenal. When you as have, far as the athletes, go ahead. When you have a guy like Undertaker or Kane or even Bloom mm -hmm. giving you advice, you're you're a big dude. Did did that mm -hmm. resonate with you even more? Is that something where you're like, oh my, good, somebody that I can learn specifically to work from them, like them? Yeah, when I when Taker or Bloom or anybody that was you know big, oh, um, when they when they came, it was. When they came with advice, it was totally different from what I would get from another coach because, like you said, they're six eight, they're six seven, so they know how to work as a big man. They know the things to look for. They know um, what I can do, what I shouldn't do, how I should do it, what to look for, and 
it's all it's all just like a bowl of soup you know there's there's no one way to make soup there's all this different ingredients all these different minds you know this different advice here and there and then ultimately you make your own soup and then you make who you are the best advice i got was from cena cena told me um when you first get into this business you want to take three of the most influential wrestlers you know and just think about their move set think about how they are and kind of create yourself based off of that, those influences. Um, I ultimately chose Randy Orton, The Rock, and Bobby Lashley, and a little bit of Kevin Owens because I love those guys' intensity and fearlessness. And so that was the direction I went and I started to cultivate as a judge. How did you feel like you were progressing at the PC? Because, I mean, you started almost from scratch. I mean, you had... A, a great athletic background. You had been a bodybuilder as well, but wrestling uh, was that completely brand new to you? Had you done any training ahead of that? Um. So before I had my tryout, I uh, went to uh, Level Up in uh, San Diego, where uh, Dominic had trained, and yeah. so that's actually where I met Dominic, and we trained together for a few weeks before I ultimately came to my tryout. Um, I was told I was picking it really quickly. I, that was one of the things that I heard over and over and over in the beginning was how fast I was picking things up and how proud of of me they were. And so that was something that I took pride in and I just kept diving in. And it was not only reps, but it was also watching film. Like I said, skull, um, just picking the minds of the greats around me because the worst thing to do coming into this field is thinking you know it all or think you just get it but it's there's so much layers there's people that have been doing this for longer than I've been alive you know and just being in the room with them and just picking their minds and understanding what how this works is just, is incredible so if I remember right you had a tryout in mm-hmm. late 2018 then another one like uh, probably towards the spring of 2019 is that right uh, correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did those differ? And did you get any specific feedback? Were you surprised to get the call back so quick after the first mm-hmm. tryout or was that pretty much expected? So my first tryout, like I said, I was green. I didn't know I had two left feet. I didn't know what was going on, you know, right eye just looking around and um, I gave it my 110 percent. And uh, the feedback I, that I got was the coaches loved me, but they wanted to know if I love the business, how much I loved it. Because coming from an athletic background, there's, you know, this kind of a stigma where, you know, athletes, football players, they come in and they just start, they kind of feel entitled. They have this expectation. And, you know, the PC is a family and that just, that didn't mesh well with what was going on at the time. Not to say I was, I mean, they didn't get that from me, but they just wanted to make sure that I love the business as much as I said I did, you know? And so they challenged me. They put the ball in my court and they said, you know, if you really want this, show us, go, you know, go start training, go do this, go that. And it wasn't even, I didn't even get on the plane and I had already found a wrestling school. I already found, you know, what I was going to do. I already started setting up my schedule because I, I was running a business at the time. I was running a business. I just started a family. I just got married. My wife was in law school. So we had one source of income and it was that business. So I had to gamble on myself. And I always say, I'll gamble on myself every day and twice on Sunday. So I gambled and I got a call maybe two weeks later because I was training. I would send my film to Bloom. I would send it to uh, Canyon 
and I wouldn't hear anything. And then finally, like two, three weeks later, this is when Paul Fair was still there. He called me and he's like, hey, man, you know, we don't normally do this, but we want to bring you in for the very next tryout. And I told him, I said, hey, look, I told him my situation. I said, I'm running a business. You know, I understand that you guys are running a business as well. And I said, I can't afford to just keep coming back and forth. Like, if you guys are really interested in me, I'm working. And he said, look, you did great on the first trial. You got an A. He said, you saw the test. He said, now you've got all the answers to the test. Come back and do exactly what you did and show them that you want this. And I'm telling you, you'll get an opportunity. You'll get a job. And uh, that second tryout, by the second day, I already got the nod. I, I got, you know, welcome aboard. So, I mean, that's that's such a unique path because that's not one that we see out of a lot of people. Do you think no. that even with fans, there's a bit of a stigma associated with, like, football players, bodybuilders? Because for years in wrestling, we did actually see so many people that came in, and they didn't mm-hmm. seem like they cared to improve, but – you're right. adamant like things were different and right. there were constantly coaches, people to PC saying, uh, Ezra Judge, he's got huge upside. And usually that type of talk ends after like the first year if they really don't have the upside. But you right. were apparently constantly showing that. Right. Um, it's one of those things where it's kind of like when you first get there, there's a separation between the wrestler, the worker and then the athletes, you know, and they kind of look at us athletes like, yeah, you've got a long way to, excuse me, you've got a long way to go, you know, you've got a lot to learn, this and that. And some people get discouraged by that. Some people, you know, they fold up and they're like, you know, kind of get in their own head. But I always use that as fuel. I said, all right, challenge accepted, you know, let's go, let's go. And and now, I mean, I had put this out there during the last round of releases, the, the last mm-hmm. nine WWE champions Five of them have been released before, like, and came right. back to the company. You got Bobby Lashley, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, um, Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre. They all left the company, and then Brock Lesnar left for like seven years. So it's right. very clear this is not the end of the road. Like, there are so right. many people that have such extended redemption stories, whether or not they were new, like AJ Styles was. Uh, whether they hadn't had a run like Jinder Mahal was, whether maybe they were potential unfulfilled like Drew McIntyre or like Bobby Lashley, who had been in a prime spot at WrestleMania. Uh-huh. So when yeah. you look at that, are, like, do you sit there and say, you know what, I, I can be one of those guys, I will be one of those guys? Absolutely. I mean, I even mentioned Bobby Lashley is one of the guys that I looked up to. Um, Drew, all of them, these are really good guys and they have the dog in them. And when I say dog, they got that fight. And, you know, sometimes you need that catalyst, you know, and maybe this was the catalyst for me to go out there, learn more about the business and just kind of get better, get smarter and come back and just shock the world. Like I know the judge can. So, I mean, the the indie scene is coming back right now after really a a wild situation away. I mean, there hasn't been a PWG show in 18 months. Like never thought I would see the day that something like that would happen. Is there anybody specifically out there that you're like, Oh, I want to work with them. Maybe they can help me. Maybe I can learn something from them or I can, this is an audience that I specifically want to work for. I want to let them know that if you bring in the judge, you are bringing in the it factor. You're bringing in someone that's ready to work put his nose down, learn the business and grow. Um, I don't have any specific 
uh, promotions or any specific places. I just want to work. I want to get out there and I want to become great. Like I know the judge can. Um, I think it's, I think it's a blessing in disguise because all I know is the WWE way and the WWE does a phenomenal job of what they do. They wouldn't be in business this long if they didn't, but you know, there's many ways to skin a cat. There's multiple ways to get to the top. And you mentioned yourself, all the champions that have gone through the WWE in the last X amount of years, they've left and they've gone to other places. They've gone to TNA, they've gone, uh, you know, in the indie route and then they came back. And sometimes you learn a whole bunch more when you hit rock bottom, because all you can do is look up. So at this point, I'm just, I'm just excited about the future. I'm confident. And I know, I believe in myself. I believe in myself because I know that I have what it takes. And it's, I feel like it's not one of those things where it's, uh, you know, false confidence or false hope because when it's a number of people telling you the same thing, it's almost like, okay, you know, I can do this because I'm going to be completely transparent. When I got released, you know, I was just, I was in my head. I was going through a lot of, you know, things. And one of the things was like, damn, should I keep doing this? And it wasn't even an hour before, you know, it got out in the, you know, the Twitter, Instagram and all that. And I was getting DMs from workers, main, uh, people on the main roster, people that I had maybe said two words to that never got to me telling me, don't quit. I think we, you got what it takes. You're built for this. Uh, you should go to uh, the indie route, maybe try this. Don't stop training. If you want to come train with us at XYZ, we're more than welcome to open the doors for you. I got the key to this gym. Like, don't stop training, Judge. And I talked to my wife and... Um, she was actually the ultimatum. She looked at me and she said, you're built for this. She said, you are a high level professional athlete. You know what you want. You know how to get after it. And I am, I would not be surprised if you bounce back. She said, that's what I expect you to do. And so I looked at her and um, I looked at my son, my newborn son, four months old Exodus. And uh, I decided right then and there, I said, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go after this. So when are you contractually able to take bookings? I mean, I know you can take them now, but when are you mm-hmm. actually allowed to appear for other companies? So I was released on the 19th of May. So I believe June 19th, um, technically, I can start working and um, get back on the scene. So have you had any contact with any promoters thus far? Are you kind of waiting to see how that works out? Uh Yeah. Like I said, it was, I mean, wasn't even two hours after I got released out my whole, my DMs just boom, 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 boom. All these promotions just asking me. Um, I honestly wasn't really familiar with the uh, non-compete clause. I didn't know if it was 30 days or 90 days, but apparently main roster is 90 and yeah. NXT is 30. So originally I was like, oh no, I can't do anything for, you know, three months. And then they're like, no, you probably want to check that again. So my <laughs> wife and I, <laughs> so my wife and I uh, looked at the contracts like, oh no, it, it is 30 days. So uh, we started answering accordingly. And um, I just want to say that the positive feedback is over. Like Twitter normally is the world of trolls. This is just, it is what it is. But like, I haven't received not one bad message dm comment like it's just been supportive and it's almost like where were y'all when i was there why are you giving me my flowers now like 
one of those things. It's like you get your flowers when you pass away. Like I'm here now. Let me get my flowers. <laughs> I get the feeling you're going to get that opportunity quite a bit in, in the future. Uh, yeah. one, one of the stories that had emerged last week was a disagreement with, I'll say a disagreement with you and okay. Drake Wirtz, who's been mm-hmm. a little bit controversial. I'll say that, but do you want to clarify that story? Cause I, people would ask me details and I'm like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable applying details or context specifically to something that I wasn't there for, but I did hear about it an awful lot. So this happened literally two weeks into my tenure at um, WWE when I literally first got there. I'm greener than money. I'm just bright eyes, you know, putting my best foot forward. And, uh, you know, this is when we were on the um, the road and we were, you know, doing live shows. And uh, I believe it was Melbourne that we were in. And the rookies is kind of like an unsaid thing. It's kind of a respect thing that you, you know, you put the ring together as a rookie and you let, you know, the vets and the guys that have been there, you know, take care of their business, handle their matches, do what they got to do. And um, I'm, like I said, I came from football, I came from bodybuilding. So I understand that, the hierarchy, the invisible wall, as you said. And so, you know, I'm there with my new class and uh, we're setting up the ring. And mind you, like I said, I'm new to the business. So I had never set up a ring before. And this was probably like my third or fourth time. And um, I'm setting up the ring. First of all, I didn't even have to be there because the first four weeks of being in the WWE, you don't have to go on the road. Like that's your time to find your apartment, where you're going to live, like settle down. But me being who I am, I said, no, nah, why not? I'm not going to stay at home twiddling my thumbs with my thumb up my butt. I'm you know, going <laughs> to get up in the mix, you know? So I uh, I went, and there was, like, one other person that had done it, too. It was to um, Ashanti the Body. Ah, yeah. And, um, yeah, he was he was in my same signing class. So it was me and him, and I'll never forget, we was, he was showing me how to uh, tie the ropes of the, uh, the curtain. And Drake was in the middle of the ring, and... Um, Apparently something on the other side of the ring, like uh, needed a pad. I think it was like a turnbuckle pad or something. And, you know, Drake, me and Drake, he was in the middle of the ring and he was like yelling, like, we need somebody here. We need somebody here right now. We need somebody here to go up, put these uh, turnbuckle keys on. And uh, me and Tahuti, you know, we're working. So we're tying the knots. We're tying the knots. And he looks right at me and Tahuti and says, you two get up here right now and put these uh, pads on the turnbuckle. And I slowly turned and looked at him and I said, we're doing this right now. We're going to finish this and then we'll, we'll get to that, Drake. He snapped, just, you know, was yelling on top of his young. So it's like, no, you get in here right now. I don't know. And so I slid into the ring and mind you, everybody's watching. The coaches, the athletes, everybody's watching. So me being who I am, I slid into the ring. I slowly got up and I looked up in the face in his eyes and I said, don't ever talk to me like that again. Not even my father talks like me. Because he had said boy or something like that, like something that triggered me. And I, and I, I don't know anything about him. I don't, I, you know, I don't know him from the next man. I know like he was different. So I got in the ring and, you know, I looked at him dead in the eye and he kind of take a step, step back. And he started yelling again. So then I slid out of the ring. I said, hey, let me talk to you outside. I said, let's talk outside, you know? And then everybody was like, oh. Yeah. And so I walked outside 
And then he came out and then, and we talked like men. I said, hey, look, man, I know you've been here for a while. I said, you're a man, I'm a man too. And do you, I asked him, I said, do you think you respectfully, even if you thought that I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, do you think you respectfully asked me to do what you wanted me to do? And he was like, no, man, you know, you're right, this and that. And I said, look, man, I'm the type of person that's going to nip it in the butt right then and there. If, if I feel like you're being disrespectful, I'm not going to continue you allow you to be disrespectful to me because I've shown you nothing but respect. And so we kind of had an eye to eye. And that was the last day Drake did that to me. So everything was so, good after that. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was real good. I mean, I didn't have an issue with him. It was a high and by, you know, I asked him how he's doing, you know, chopped it up with him. But it was one of those things where after it happened, I walked back in the locker room and everybody was like, good on you, man. Like, that's how you stand up for yourself. Like you weren't even doing anything wrong. You were doing what you're asked to do. Like, you know, sometimes you got to check somebody because they'll just keep walking all over you and talking to you a certain way. And I, that's not how I operate. <laughs> and I mean, it seemed like there was no, no heat or anything like that from, from the office or anything like that. Everything. Seemed no, fine. no. Matter of fact, Right after it happened, uh, Brookside was there, and Brookside came up to me and said, good on you, mate. Good on you, lad. And that was it. He saw the whole thing. He saw what happened, and he he understood, like, we're both men. Like, there's no reason why, especially in front of my coworkers, other, and I'm so new. Like, he, I don't know if he was trying to set the tone, or I don't know what his thought process is, but I know what the judge's thought process was. I know what EJ Duke's thought process is, and, I'm going to respect everybody in the room. Therefore, I feel like it should be in return, you know, so. And ultimately, it, it's a team effort. You can't put on a wrestling show by yourself. You got to. Exactly. You're working with these it's people advanced. all the time. Yeah. So what, one thing I'm interested in, are you bringing back your YouTube channel? We haven't seen new content in a while, but yes. I, I, had, I remember when you got signed. That was something that I looked into. Mm-hmm. You had everything from podcasts mm-hmm. To uh, training yeah. videos, which I do know continued throughout mm-hmm. your your WWE run, uh, all kinds yeah. of stuff over there that that were really yeah. helpful to a lot of people. Yeah, um, I'm, I kind of slowed that down because you know it was kind of frowned upon um, after a while. So out of you know, I'm a professional. I'm told not to do something. I'm not going to do it. But now that it's open and I'm able to better believe, I'm dropping some gems. I'm dropping some heat. You guys are, and when I say heat, I'm talking about nuclear positive heat. <laughs> I'm going to have some uh, workout videos. I'm going to, um, you know, just kind of talk about my journey. Um, I also started a, a t-shirt store, Pro yeah. Wrestling Tees. Um, I had an overwhelming uh, response to people wanting to support me and people telling me, hey, you need to make a t-shirt now. You need to make a t-shirt. So I did that. Um, it's out now and, uh, I'm just going to keep creating content because that's what I do. I love being in front. I love performing. I love being an athlete and, uh, the judge is just getting started. baby. This is, this is just the beginning. I no love- more sitting around, no more sitting around. That's that, that two, 20 months. No more of that. No more of that. <laughs> I, I loved the, the play from, from EJ to Ezra judge and now Ezra judge into the judge. Maybe, yeah. I mean, obviously you, you keep a part of you when EJ becomes Ezra Judge and WWE mm-hmm. kind of owns that. But now you get to keep a bit of of this journey as well with, with the nickname. Yeah. 
So the nickname was given to me while I was at the PC. That was kind of like the thing. So when every time I walked in the room, they would say, the judge is in the building. <laughs> and so that was kind of like, you know, when they asked for the names to uh, the pitch, I was like, yeah, why not? You know, let's see how it shakes out. And so um, where EJ and Duca and the judge ends and begins, uh, it's there's a there's a there's a fine line, just like the line between insanity and um, genius. And so um, <laughs> and so, you know, right now he's still grown. It's, it's uh, season one of the judge. And by the time we get to season 10, you, it may be a whole different judge. But in a sense, it's still going to be the judge. So as as we start to wrap up, just a couple more. During your period at WWE, did you ever do any like extra work? Did they ever have you like working like security on screen, anything like that? You are the type of fellow that it's hard it's hard for you to blend in with a lot of people. Right. You're you're right. a huge dude, so I mean, mm-hmm. I know sometimes they want those to be more a little bit more conspicuous, so to speak. Right. So at my time there, I didn't do much uh, security work for that exact reason. I was just too big. Um, the writers and producers would joke around, like, I mean, you can't have them here. Like, there was a scene, I think there was a scene out they wanted me to do um, in the club or something. And I remember Carino joked around and said, you don't look like you're a security in the club. You look like you own the club. And so he's <laughs> like, you, you can't, we can't have you here. And um, I did get an opportunity to uh, shoot a, a SmackDown commercial two weeks before I got released. And I spent some time... Um, Really getting to know and pick the mind of Triple H, uh, oh, cool. Stephanie, and um, it was it was awesome. You know, like I said, my time at the WWE was it was awesome. And so when I got released, it was a total blindside. Like people thought I was joking. They thought like it was a joke. Like they didn't believe it. So I, don't, I mean, I was always told that I had to be protected. And I had to be used in a role where, because a guy like me doesn't come around often, they couldn't, they, from their mouth to my ears, they said they couldn't afford to put a six, seven, 275 pound guy out there and you make a mistake because then it falls back on them because they didn't do a good job of protecting me. I was told to keep being the hardest work in the room, like our good friend, Dwayne Johnson. And I was always told, like, you know, you, you guys share a lot. You have enough charisma to fill the room. Your work ethic is good. Just keep your head down and keep going. And that's what I did. I kept my mouth shut, you know, um, put my head down, came to work, put my best, best foot forward and uh, worked. And then this is where it led me to. <laughs> and there is a proven formula and a track record behind what they said to you because Braun, they did that with Braun, like, he was mm-hmm. on very few, if any, right. uh, broadcasts before he popped up in the Wyatt family. Uh, tell right. me a little bit more about this SmackDown commercial. How did you get that opportunity? Who hit you up and said, hey, you're going to be in a SmackDown commercial? Um, it was Bloom, and it was literally right after my last match. I We, we had PC Live matches, yeah. and um, I had a really good match. And uh, Bloom was telling me how proud of uh, me if he was and how I was progressing and how these – PC lives have really, I've really benefited from them and I'm using it to my advantage. And he came up to me right before the show was ended. And he said, Hey, I want you to go to Tampa. Um, they need some talent in, um, to shoot this commercial and I trust you to do it. And so, um, I got the opportunity to go do that. That's fantastic. And, um, mm-hmm. 
final question. You made that transition from football and obviously some time in between to wrestling. Do you think football prepared you at all for wrestling, for the bumps and the bruises or any, and any of that? Or is it a completely different animal and you feel like you would have been as prepared even without football in your history? No question. No, football, no, without a doubt, helped me because this is this is not a ballet. This is a combat sport. This is physical. And football, no one's out there trying to be safe. No one's trying to tackle you and say, hey, brother, are you good? When they pick me up. No, they don't. <laughs> they trying to take my soul, you know. They're trying to make sure this brother doesn't get back up. But um, it, it football almost like calcified my body to – be able to take these big bumps and the strikes and, you know, the holes and everything. And it also mentally prepared me and mentally uh, allowed me to go through diversity and it mentally prepared me to understand and remember the spots because we have to remember, you know, 30, 40 plays, any given game. Sometimes we'll pull out a play from something we did in summer camp. We haven't practiced in weeks and you've got to be able to dig deep under pressure and be able to perform. And so I think that 1000% helped me with uh wrestling but wrestling is no joke yeah (laughs) it's it's a it's a different animal like you don't get in wrestling shape unless you wrestle you know so that's that's that on that (laughs) ej and duga thank you so much the judge he's going to be available for bookings i mean you you can book him now but he'll be he'll be available uh in just a few weeks i want to thank you so much of course everybody follow him at ej the judge you see it here on the mm-hmm. screen. Check out his Pro Wrestling Tea store but man, I can't tell you how much this means to me that uh, you were willing to speak to me. I know it's been a, a wild week for you. Uh, yeah, and I'm just happy and I'm thankful that you had me here. It's been awesome talking to you. Well, thank you so much. Hopefully this isn't the last time. Guys, Absolutely not. check him out. Until next time, we're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.